Hey SEOs and content marketers, say goodbye to crazy spreadsheet mashups and experience unprecedented connectivity between your SEO planning and reporting data. Introducing Audience Key, technology for keyword mapping, content brief automation, and rank tracking that form an SEO strategy system providing unparalleled feedback loops between planning, reporting, and optimization activities. Put your time and energy into strategy, not data upkeep. Visit audiencekey.com and apply for a free trial today. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on WMR.FM. It is the 16th of November, 2023, and um, it being the 16th of November, six weeks till Christmas, it probably means that Google is screwing with you somehow or another. Um, they do this on the 16th of November. Welcome to Webcology, friends. This is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media, Christine Schackinger from Sites Without Walls. And we're going to be joined in a few minutes um, by Joe Mabel, one of the top contributors to uh, Wikicommons and Wikimedia. There was a Wikimedia conference that happened in Toronto last week. It was going to be our feature story this week. We were going to spend the entire, actually, as much time as 40, 45 minutes on it. And then Google, Google versed us yesterday. <laughs> Thanks, Google. Then Google happened. <laughs> uh, Scroogle. I think um, some people might, might might be saying today. Um, <laughs> but today, um, for anyone who's feeling this way, who's feeling like everything is turned upside down and they're not really quite sure how they're going to react to Google's un- announced changes, it's this has happened before, ironically, on November 16th. This is the 20th anniversary of the Florida update, the day the Googleverse literally changed. Um, and also the, 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 the update that Google promised they would never do this sort of thing before Christmas again, uh, um, you know, it's Google <laughs> just, just, just because you know, how, you know, you, you know, you know, how you can tell when Google's not necessarily telling the truth, their, fingers, their fingers are moving. <laughs> well, and to, to be, to be a little fair, like devil's advocate here, the reason they're behind this year and running updates is because project Gemini is also delayed and Project Gemini was supposed to have been released already. So now they have to deal with the fact that that's not going into a Q1 and they have to catch up on all the other things that they were going to do after it released, but did not release. So you mean they have like twitty conflicting problems because of Project Gemini? Like, who could have thought? <laughs> who could have thought it? Let's, let's launch Project Gemini in September, right before the holidays. It's perfect time. <laughs> okay, so um, there's a lot of upheaval happening in the SEO world. We are going to get to that at the end of the at the end of the uh, the episode. Um, we're going to talk all through the changes. We're going to talk through personalization. We're going to talk through um, hidden gems <laughs> yeah. um, and notes. Notes meets when Google meets MySpace. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk yeah. about the new the new social media. Uh, uh, feeling of the Googleverse. Um, and we're going to tease the heck out of this moving forward because there's a lot to talk about. But before we go even there, there was a major conference that happened in San Diego last week. Well, well, the show was, was on air. It was the beginning of the conference. And at this conference, um, Google spokesperson Danny Sullivan, search li- at search liaison, 
announced that everything was going to change. He didn't say everything was going to change next week, but he did say everything was going to change. <laughs> I didn't say four days later. <laughs> Indeed. Um, Christine, you were in the room when he was when he was making that announcement. Um, did you have a sense of the, the enormity that was coming? Uh, yes and no. Like, because so Danny's exact quote is, I looked it up to make sure I knew what it was. So his exact words were that there's so much coming on. I don't want to, I don't want to say buckle up because that makes you feel, that makes you guys freak out because if you're doing good stuff, it's not going to be an issue for you. Of course, you know, I just talked to a site yesterday. It's doing all good stuff and you know, they just got hit, but you know, it's Google. Um, but yeah, so he did, uh, he did say that there's a bunch of changes coming. You know, it also could be related to uh, the DOJ documents revealing some of their ways they do things. Who knows? But uh, they did say there's a bunch coming. They didn't say next week, of course. Funny you should note that. We'll get to some of those DOJ documents later in the episode as well. Yes, yes. So do we want to talk about Brighton real quick, though? Yeah, yeah. Really quickly, then I want to jump to the other conference that we were going to talk about, the the the, 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 the Wikimedia conference. Yeah. Um, and and then we gotta get then we're gonna have to jump the slice back into the uh, changes to the 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 enormity of um, the Scroogleverse. Yes, and don't forget Sam Altman. Thank God, but that's we'll, another story for later. We'll so, get, so we'll get to S- Sam soon. <laughs> so Brighton SEO, just for anybody who didn't go this year. Put it on your schedule for next year. So it's so old school. It was awesome. Everybody I've known in the industry over the years, not everybody, most of the people I've known in the industry were there. It was chill. It was laid back. You had time to talk to people. I think there was about 800 people that attended. If I heard correctly, I don't know if that's an accurate number or not, but it seems probably that's probably around, right? Uh, it was just such a great experience. There were great talks. I was on the stage with Marcus Tober and Patrick Stock for like a site clinic, brought back site clinics, which are awesome. And, uh, you know, then I did a technical SEO piece about, I did something about anomalies and how they're your best friend in technical SEO. And then there was also um, other great SEOs on the stage before and after me. It was a block. So it was just a really well done, well attended event. Felt like the ones from like 2000 to 2010 we used to go to where we all kind of made and formed our community. And so I definitely say everyone should go to it next year. Also, Get yourself um, on the free ticket. Uh, they have free tickets, one-day tickets. And then speakers also get one or two extra tickets to give to people. And they're already accepting pub, uh, submissions for next year, which is for speaking. So uh, that should be definitely on your SEO list if you're in the United States or if you're not. Because if you're overseas, you already have two of them overseas. But the U.S. one has kind of a different feel than the Brighton U.K. one. So I would suggest you come on over, too, so we can all hang out and chat and have wine and pizza. I think that's excellent. I'm really, I'm really pleased that um, on their debut that the the the, the Brighton SEO folks um, made a great go in San Diego. San Diego is a fun city. Uh, it's a it's a, it's a nice town, um, a fun town. I suppose to have to have, to have a conference in. Um, good on them. You immediately went from uh, San Diego to Texas to State of Search. I did. Cool thing about State of Search is it was a follow-up. Not, it wasn't a follow-up to uh, to Brighton SEO, but you had many of the same minds who were on the stage at Brighton, who you know went on went on the State of Search. Yes, and you could sum up the experience you had at Brighton. Yeah, yeah, it was great, and also uh, State of Search is pretty cool in that it's a local conference, so it's small. But it brings in uh, very well-known SEOs, like Dwayne Forrester gave a keynote, Brett um, 
Tabaki gave one. Um, there were speakers like Jeff Ferguson, Steve Wiedemann, me, Martha from Schema App. So it was a really great group and you have lots of time to just talk. So I sat there with Philly Weiss. And if you don't know Philly, he used to be a Google, uh, I don't know if he was a quality engineer or spam engineer, but his partner is also one of the other. And uh, I got to speak to him for two hours at a table about Google, which was great. I got to confirm some things and ask him questions. And of course, he doesn't break the NDA, of course. But um, it's a great conference because it's just small and you get to talk to people. And it has a lot of people that are from, you know, outside of Dallas come to speak. So it's great. And those people also went on to Bar. Some of those went to Barbados. So some people did the triple. I just did the two. So <laughs> there's Barbados SEO by Martin McDonald right now and going on right now. So. Yeah, Bar- Barbados. Yeah, I got, I, got, I got a problem with a uh, piece of software, a really essential piece of software that I use, one of the non-editing pieces of software, and have a great dialogue with the support team. Um, and the head of support writes me today and says, you know what? We're going to have to have you use an old version because um, – our support team is at Barbados SEO. They won't be back until the 24th. So <laughs> if, you want, if you want to crawl the site, you're going to have to use this version. Now I went last year and it was Thanks, a lot Martin. of fun. But this time he didn't have it in the mansion that he kind of lives in, which cost him less than his house in California. Um, yeah. And it's part of the – like he came on board during the pandemic when they had the people coming in who did new tech. And they were helping support people with new tech to come into town. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so he does things with the actual – like government to help like support tech in Barbados. Uh, but it's a, it's a great conference. This one though is at a different venue. So I can't speak to like the venue or anything, but it was, it was really a great, great show. Yeah, also small, but also lots of time to talk and chat. There's going to be great stuff coming out of uh great information that's going to be coming out of Barbados uh, exactly. uh, next week when, uh, when, when, when the slides start going up on, on screen and people start talking about it. Okay. Another conference that would be awesome off of the beaten radar in the SEO world, but it has a enormous impact on the SEO world is the Wikimedia conference. And um, in Toronto last week, uh, Wiki Conference North America 2023, it ran uh, from Thursday the 9th till Sunday the 12th, um, primarily at the Toronto Reference Library, but in venues um, throughout the city we have one of the top contributors to WikiCommon, which is the, I guess well, Wikimedia you, Commons, as those of us who call it by its name call it. Okay, I, mean, I was going to consider the Wikimedia Commons. This is Joe Mabel, by the way, who's again Hi. one of the uh, top contributors. To give you a scale, he's uploaded um, 62,000, 63,000 files to uh, wow. Wiki, <laughs> WikiCommons. Um, and actually, that uploading files, very small portion of what I do there. That's not the bulk of my work. Oh, you, you know, Joe, I was going to do an entire, I was going to oh, write a bio on you, but I'm not going to anymore. <laughs> Joe, what do you do at Wikicommon? Well, mostly I'm an admin there. Um, I do a lot of, you know, somebody's trying to sort, and also on Wikipedia, the English language Wikipedia. So I do a lot of things ranging from, oh my God, does this document in Romanian really cite for what someone says it'll cite for? And that's one of the several languages I can read. So, you know, I'm the guy who can answer that question to uh, things like people are fighting over patterns of naming categories. People are, um, there's some tasks, even pretty routine ones that are restricted to admins, like deleting files outright can only be done by admins. Um, you know, uh, there's, a, of course, on anything on that scale, there's a ton of policy stuff happening behind the scenes. And while there's 
you, you, know, you don't have it all to be an admin to participate in those discussions and most people participating in them are not. Um, generally, it's only an admin that can say we actually have a resolution here. Uh, looking at what everyone has said, I think we have an agreement as to how to move forward, even if a few people are dissenting. One of the amazing things about Wikimedia and Wikipedia is all these years later, 15, 20 years, how, how, I don't even sure how oh, long is this. It's, it's, it's well, been here forever, as far as, as, far as most people it, know. Just, you know, depending how you measure, it started in 2000 or 2001. Okay, so it's been around since pretty much the dawn of the commercial internet, since the, 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 the and, earliest and more days. Simultaneously with Google, which is very germane. Unlike Google, Wiki, Wikipedia has remained relatively close to its um, foundational roots and its Absolutely. mission and not necessarily in the way it operates, but in its mission and in trying to stay, stay true to its core mission. Um, you've had a front row seat to the evolution of, mm -hmm. of, of Wikipedia and, and how it's organized. Uh, how many groups are involved in what we would understand to be Wikipedia? Well, I would, gosh, I mean, hard to even put a number on it because they range from informal, you, to, to become an official user group there, you only need three people. Okay. So uh, you can, you have, you know, incredibly tiny user groups. And you also have things that aren't even constituted as user groups, which are just projects within it that that are you don't have any criteria to meet other than, you know, not being sort of, against the mission the overall mission yeah i mean an example of when i started in 2000 i think four was just a group on countering the systemic biases that inevitably arise you know and looking at how we when we find a systemic bias how do we address it um there's ones involved in translation for all sorts of languages so my, my guess is that th that there are thousands of somewhat self-organized entities and 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 probably about 200 officially recognized ones that have the legal status of nonprofits themselves. How can you possibly get all these different organizations, different collections of individuals, different groups of ideas, biases, needs, wants, ideologies, whatever, to work as a coherent unit? Um, because I think they're all pretty much aligned with the broader mission, even if they're working on narrower areas. I mean, it's not like there aren't conflicts. And indeed, 10 years ago, there was some enormous conflict between the the foundation as such and the overall community that almost tore the thing apart. And at one point, the entire, almost the entire, earlier than that, at one point, almost the entire Spanish language Wikipedia basically walked out, um, which is why there, it's the one um, language in which there's a second project that looks a lot like Wikipedia. Um, you know, the, there became another Spanish language Wikipedia, but the bulk of the first one around actually walked out and started their own um, Encyclopedia Libre. Um, you know, there, um, uh, the, we ended up once with, there were two rival Portuguese, uh, Portuguese language user groups in Brazil um, that actually both got evicted for fighting so much with each other. But there, 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 you know, there have only been a handful of such moments along the way in 20 odd years. And, you know, there's enough people pulling the same direction that things like that get sorted out.
Okay, so you have annual conferences, and I guess there hadn't been well, a in-person conference for, for quite a while because, because of COVID. Who comes yeah, together at a wiki well, conference? We have a lot of conferences besides that. There's, there's, there's sort of three levels of conference of, of significant broad conferences. There's several around also, I don't even know how many under the name of Wikimania, which are basically just individual users presenting whatever the heck they're working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an annual one in usually held in Berlin uh, that is really making big high level policy decisions, things like movement charter, things like code of conduct that is imposed on, you know, that is going to be brought on and on everyone, things like that. And then there's ones like this that are in between that in this case, this was wiki conference, North America, which is a mostly bottom up, but we get some funding from the foundation. Um, and that is a mix of maybe four or five themes plus individual contribution papers that were viewed as being important enough that someone thought they should get broad exposure, which in fact, I was there in the, officially in that last capacity presenting on some work I've been doing with archival materials. So citing who did what is core to Wikipedia's values. This information came from this source and we could trace it back to that source. Correct. Um, I'm trying to phrase the question. I would add particularly an issue on Wikipedia, on commons, if we can simply say something's old enough that it's in an image, we know it's old enough that it's in the public domain if we don't know who took that photo. In, in 1887, we don't really necessarily care that much, other than it's a photo from 80, 1887. Of course, it's in the public domain. Is there any discussion in the uh, Wikimedia community um, about um, artificial intelligence and using Absolutely. AI to train on uh, Wik- Wikimedia materials? A- AI was one. AI, and also I might add closely tied to that disinformation and credibility, were among the central themes of this year's conference. And um, I would say uh, one of the things that came up was what about when we inevitably start having AI, as as some people have already tried and generally gotten in trouble for, having AI try to write articles, and the answer (laughs) is so far AI writes lousy articles and they get deleted. But conversely, one thing AI does well is if you've already written a good article and you're not like a, a great writer yourself, but you can just do the basics, AI might write a better, a better lead than you will. Take your, take your article, ask the AI to digest it. It may write a very good lead. Um, and um, of course, on commons, we've got our own concerns with AI in terms of deep fakes, in terms of um, you know, just the, how prolifically people can create this insane number of images of something which are kind of useless and we don't want them, you know. So do you have means of differentiating um, in both worlds in the in the Wikipedia text kind of world? Do you have a way of knowing that this is definitely AI generated content or in the I, um, in the image in the commons world? Do you know, do you have a way of knowing this is a deep fake image? Well, we have a requirement to declare it, and if you have an account and you start doing things and you get caught and it wasn't, your account's going to be blocked. 
Um, so the, the penalties are kind of severe if you. Yeah, yeah, the penalties are really severe doing that undeclared. Um, just like the penalties for you know for paid conflict of interest are very severe if if if, if you do that if you're you know if you didn't declare your conflict of interest. I imagine um, that was a problem a few years ago from the search world. Uh, for, and not just from the search world, but just from, you know, politician hires someone to rewrite their article, sure, you know, okay. NBC got caught out on it once, um, the BBC got caught out on it once, you know, um, so, so, um, the, I, the, you know, no one can completely detect whether something is especially enhanced with AI or on, on an image or, you know, you, there is no absolute detection of it. Right. But, you know, our policy on a retouched photo ought to be, is supposed to be declared as retouched. We don't really care what the, we don't really care to distinguish between hand retouched and AI retouched. Um, Somebody so far, I don't think there's any AI capable of spewing out content at a level that would not simply get deleted in Wikipedia. And one of the things that's really funny is we'd end up with these things where someone obviously generated that way because they had things that looked like footnotes. But, you know, of course, it's just doing predictive text, so it doesn't even refer to real things. In, in, indeed, like, in this is there are AIs that are training on Wikipedia now. Um, in fact, there's a ChatBeat GPT plugin that draws its content only from Wikimedia sites. What? Do you think that might have some effect on um, how people understand information from Wikimedia, um, Wikipedia, and how people use it moving forward? Yes. I mean, the biggest fear that was expressed is that most people five years from now, 10 years from now, will be getting their information almost entirely by talking to a personal assistant. They won't know where it comes from. They'll probably be overly trusting in it. They won't be able to distinguish at all. And one of the other major themes is disinformation, credibility stuff. You know, they won't be able at all to know whether this stuff comes from a reliable source or not. And they'll just, a large proportion of people will blindly trust what they hear. And the further thing that's of enormous concern to us, even if what they get comes solidly out of our solidly cited stuff, they won't know where that came from. And we will lose the main channel by which we gain editors, which is people using it, realizing how useful it is and wanting to become part of the community. Do you remember the quaint old days when universities professors were like, well, you can't trust Wikipedia uh, content? Uh, that, that seems so quaint now. It, it, yes and no. Um, I mean, there's researching with Wikipedia is different than researching with, say, you know, Britannica, let alone with secondary sources. Um, I actually, Dan Keshet and I wrote a piece back in maybe 2004 or five on researching with Wikipedia that stands up remarkably well about 20 years later. And it talks about both the strengths and weaknesses of Wikipedia as a research tool. The biggest strength, by the way, being that in contrast to a book, if you think something is wrong, you actually can engage and put put in a, an, an overt question and somebody will follow up on it, um, which is a research tool that you don't get from other things. Um, but yeah, you know, for example, if you have anything, a normal book, you know roughly what its biases are likely to be. If you go to a random Wikipedia article, 
the biases are effectively random. You, un unless you actually know enough about the community to know, have, know in a meaningful way what the particular authorship of the article means, you could be dealing with anything from something thrown together by an undergraduate to something written by a very competent scholar to written something written by somebody rather biased that hasn't really been well reviewed by someone else. So some of those cautions remain valid. Okay. A large foundation like uh, Wikimedia has millions, tens of millions of dollars and yes. resources and intentions um, at its at its um, disposal. And that can get controversial. Yes. Um, there was a, it would be comical if it wasn't so absurdly dangerous. There was a bomb threat that was phoned in on the Saturday yeah. to the uh, reference library. And there was actually, it was I think it was up on a dog grooming site or something. Somebody posted it up on some mundane a, website in Cleveland. Yeah, and it had hashtags for both the library and the conference. So somebody... Who was they were the, their demands were related to? Uh, oh, I didn't. Wikipedia. We didn't ever hear their. I, at least I didn't ever hear their demands. Please give um, me you, a rundown. You know what? I don't. I don't actually uh, have don't this have habit it. in front of me because okay. it got taken off the website and uh, archive.org didn't capture it. Um, but it was there, and I remember thinking, "I got to save this. It's okay. I'll get." And then the minor crisis happened, and I had to go right. deal with the crisis, and it was gone. Um, but it it did seem that the 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 the, the, thre the threateners were angry about resource allocation at some part of the uh, the Wiki ah, Wikimedia Foundation. Wonderful, with somebody who didn't get a scholarship to the conference, <laughs> and they basically swatted the conference. And oddly enough, you didn't get evacuated. No, it was very weird. It's like they said everybody who's already in has to stay in. Everybody out can't come in. So we're sitting there, you know, with roughly half the people already in the room for the plenary that was supposed to start the day. And, uh, you know, we're sitting there and we're we're in the building, which has the bomb threat and we're not supposed to come out of it. Um, and then eventually, like more than half an hour later, three Toronto police show up. They don't even have dogs with them, which if you were serious about a bomb threat, you would think you would have bomb sniffing dogs with you. They don't have any machines that are in any way involved, apparently, in searching for anything because they're just three people walking in. They look around, they go, well, no bomb here, and they're gone. And we get on with the conference, and the plenary gets shifted to happen simultaneously with lunch. <laughs> so the worst that happened is you lost you lost a good lunch out of the deal. We, we got to where we had to have, you know, the, what we were eating our lunch during the plenary, which happened in the middle of the day instead of to start the day. Uh, um. You know, it seems to be common because I had a conference this year that also had a bomb threat. So, and we just kind of walked out. We're like, well, whatever. <laughs> so, but, sorry that that happened. But I got to say, here in Seattle, where I live, if you get a bomb threat, they evacuate the building as step one. Here in Toronto, where, where I live, if you get a bomb threat, it's probably a day that ends in Y. Um, yeah. <laughs> it is kind of odd, though. <laughs> Um, I, don't, I don't understand why people do this. For what it's worth, again, the manifesto was temporarily put up on a small business website in Cleveland. So I'm not sure, you know, another, another great lake city, but i um, not sure it had any relation to Toronto or even to a credible threat that might have happened to the conference. No, I'm, I'm sure they did not see it as a credible threat or they would have had us out of the building. But I don't understand if they didn't see it as a credible threat, why they wouldn't let less the people into the building. 
welcome to, uh, again um they have their inscrutable reasons for doing their in uh inscrutable Quite. things right um welcome to toronto sir um joe i want to talk to you all day about wikipedia we have unfortunately google went and changed everything yesterday made oh, massive announcement that we have to cover that but uh, you mentioned one of the very first sentences you said is wikipedia has grown up um alongside google yes and they're really, very chaotic well they are absolutely and I, I know that you that the people involved in wikimedia understand the impact wikipedia has on search what i don't know is what you think about it um well one of the things is that you probably know that um you know all the external links are no follow links right <laughs> because early on we discovered people were wanting to hit it with spam to just get a link out to their site and up their accounts and all that, you know and that was just insane so in one way it it you know it it, it it's going to be very much legitimately organic search for the most part at this point there's not if there's way if we i mean i'm not this is not my main focus in there but generally if we find that somebody's working out a way to use us to game search engines we work out how to remove the thing that lets them do that it, it's you know on the other hand certainly you know valid you know valid external links are welcome in a limited way you know and obviously the fact that we're very often one of the first couple of results in you know in any search for things that are within our scope is you know is clearly an effect on search well and it's also clearly clearly a um testament to how valued wikipedia mm -hmm. is because especially the yeah, yeah. I, especially the English language Wikipedia. Absolutely. Because so, there are 380 now. How much support is there for the other language Wikipedias? How well, important is that? Oh, some of them are in order. Uh, the, you know, you, you, you take the obvious next 10 or so languages and they're very real. Uh, English language has become something special because it's kind of the, usually the tra translation among them is done by bringing a translation from whatever something was written in into English and then translating outwards from English. So you don't get a lot going, say, straight from Spanish to German. But mm -hmm. German, German, Spanish, French, Japanese, Chinese, uh, I'm sure, I, I hope I'm not offending somebody by, by what didn't leap to mind, but all of those are very comprehensive encyclopedias. And even something like one that I happen to, a language I happen to know, Romanian, if you were looking for topics about Romania, you would find better coverage in the Romanian language Wikipedia than in English. I could, I could, I can, I can think I could understand that, Joe. I want to ask you a hundred thousand questions, but we're. But you're um, done. I'm afraid. I'm afraid we don't have time. But we do want you back again. I really. It's so. Much, it is a lot of fun talking to you, and I'm yeah. learning stuff. I'd love that, to do this uh, again. And and yes, there's a ton. I mean, I barely scratched the surface of what I was even hoping to get into today. Joe Mabel from uh, Wikimedia and Wikicommon. Thank you so much for joining us on Webcology today. We're going to have you back again sometime soon. Okay, bye-bye. Definitely. Thank well, you, Joe. Thank you. Now, Christine, the, 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 the hard part about like closing an interview like that is you have this guy here. <laughs> you want to ask a hundred questions to get off on it. I, 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 I went off on the language tangent. I couldn't help myself. It was there and I had Oh, to. I know. I get it. I mean, it's such an important piece of everything. I mean, a lot of training for the 
LLMs was done on uh, Wikimedia. So it's great. Yeah, but we definitely need to have him back because unfortunately, Google decided to Google bomb us, <laughs> using an old term, uh, with a lot of changes today, plus a couple other things that we need to cover. So we have to do some rapid fire and then we'll we'll do deep dives on the things that need to be deep doing. Is okay. even a word? It's not really a word, but <laughs> we will deep dive on stuff um, coming up soon. You know, if we wanted to sum this all up, we might have used Bing Chat, but we can't because it ain't Bing Chat anymore. It's now Bing Copilot. So if you're looking for Bing Chat, you ain't gonna find it. It's Copilot, and it's called Copilot because that matches everything else that they're doing with their products. So that's why it's Copilot. So it's all this Copilot big, now. This is a big branding exercise for them, really. Yeah, it is. Gee, I wonder, I, wonder, I wonder if they had an AI tell them this was a good idea or not. <laughs> they, they probably did. <laughs> so, um, okay, so move on, next one. <laughs> this is a fun one. It makes me really, really happy to announce. This is for real. I'm not just saying it because they were the butt of our jokes for I don't know how many years. Yahoo's back. For real, for honest, for goodness. They're coming back with an independent search engine. They're coming back. You know how I know that Jim's Canadian? Because he says, how do you say that? Well, Yahoo. 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 Yeah. And, Yahoo's and you actually say yeah, Yahoo. <laughs> well, but uh, you know what I'm just excited about? First, we know some of the people on the team who are all fantastic SEO. So actually, people are making fun of it today, but I'm kind of like, I have some hope. We do need a competitor to Google because maybe maybe stuff like today wouldn't happen. And uh, they're going to make my email address respectable again. And no one can laugh at me. <laughs> That's true. So, I have an, so I have an old one. fossil watch from the old, old, old days when <laughs> Yahoo was relevant. And yes. this was back in the day when they actually gave writers gifts. I disclosed it. Every, I disclosed it. Anytime I, I wrote about Yahoo, I disclosed this watch. But they gave a whole <laughs> bunch of people these beautiful fossil watches. It won't be a collector's item for much longer. Exactly. And, you know, my email address, because I don't really like Gmail, so I never changed. So I have had the same one since I got online. And, you know, whatever. Okay, <laughs> so I'll, so, be, I'll be cool. Um, I'm really excited about it. We've been saying for years and years and years, the only tool that's going to kill Google is Google itself. And that still, I think, remains true. Yahoo isn't going to kill Google, just like AI-enhanced Bing wasn't going to kill Google. But AI enhanced Bing has pushed Google into positions where it may well be killing itself and nature abhors a vacuum and it's wonderful to see Yahoo being back. It is. It's great. It'd be great to have like more than one search engine at conferences. Back in the day we had like what five or six? I know. So. And they used to compete to, they used to have to compete for like um, the favor of the SEO community and that competition yeah. could get very fierce and very liquid very fast. Also it keep Google from doing stuff like we're gonna announce today. <laughs> Indeed, we have a lot of stuff to talk about with Google. Um, okay, what 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 other fast hits do we got to do? Because I really want to get to the uh, just stuff. a fast hit, uh, just because we don't. There's no deep dive on it. Um, apparently, Sam Altman seems to imply OpenAI is building God. That's what AGI is going to be, and they think their ChatGPT five might be AGI. But we don't have any more details today, so we'll just say that um, no, you're not. Uh, you're not building God. You're creating a you know piece of tech that's going. In your mind, act like a god, but it's not actually god. So, Sam, whatever your belief in god is, stop doing the MDMA while watching Battlestar. Go <laughs> exactly like, right. Come on. Yeah. The, 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 I mean, <laughs> if you are going to yeah. do MDMA while watching Battlestar Galactica, stop working on the AI. And by the way, if you're going to create God, you probably don't want to tell people that because they're going to get really nervous about your tech really, really fast. I'm just saying. So, 
Don't oh, know. I don't know. I mean, seriously, <laughs> couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't oh, do any the other, worse. <laughs> here's the other funny. Uh, ChatGPT premium subscriptions right now are on hold. So if you went to the conferences this last week and you're like, I'm going to go sign up now because everyone was telling people to sign up because I was there. Yeah. Uh, you can't because they, they were selling the signups on, on eBay. So which overwhelmed the um, the system. So they had to shut down signups for a little bit. So I don't know when they'll come back probably pretty soon. But right now they have paused the signups. <laughs> How do you sell a sign up to something? If you just go to the website to sign up for on eBay, I don't know. I haven't actually looked to see what the listings are. Oh, you sell the profile. You sell access to the profile. Give them oh, there you password. go. There um, you go. Now, right. you're right. also selling them access to the corpus of the chat history that had happened there before. So whatever you're buying will be somewhat biased to whatever it's already talked about. Yeah, exactly. So interesting. And, you, and and just like with with an expired domain, you don't know exactly what the what the, your AI and some other rando has talked about. Exactly. Um. And then uh, I, I, we're going to move on to uh, other things. This will lead us into Google. Uh, two two quick Googles. One, uh, Google Legal has taken action to protect users of AI and small businesses. Basically. Uh, all those DMCA requests that people were getting annihilated with, you know, people were getting their stuff taken down, apparently is like uh, a couple of people. And so Google has a lawsuit targeting bad actors who set up dozens of Google accounts to like report your content as copyrighted when it wasn't. Um, so this will be huge because there were, this is a big thing. It's like resulted in the removal of over a hundred thousand businesses, websites, um, which were all fraudulent claims. Hundreds of thousands. There's a very small group of people. So uh, that's really important. So if you've been struggling with DMCA, you should know that's about to get better. And then um, also they're going to um, come down hard on anybody using generative AI to help spread malware. So good, good luck with that, though. It's going to be a tough one. Yeah. And then Google Bard. And then we'll get to the changes. Google Bard is uh, opening up to teenagers. So uh, if you have a teenager in the house and they are le of the legal age to have a Google account, they will be able to access Google Bard. Uh, I don't know that I think this is a great idea, but we could do a deep dive later. But just, you know, it's uh, like it, it hallucinates. And I don't know that apparently like Gen Z, which would be the, this age group, is one of the worst generations for un understanding uh, that things are fake or propaganda. So I spent a lot of my teenage years hallucinating. <laughs> I don't think it's the same kind of hallucination. Okay. Uh, uh, but basically, if you have a teenager in the house, they'll be able to access Bard. If you're going to let them access Bard, I would have a long conversation with them, uh, telling them how it can make stuff up so they don't get in trouble, like with school, and they ask it something and they turn it in, and then like end up on their paper or something because it wasn't actually actually accurate. So I think that's all the uh, the other things outside the. Changes. Um, okay. To the, to the best of my memory, I wrote this 20 years ago today. Okay. I rewrote mm -hmm. it. The I rewrote it um, last week again uh, for an article that Roger Monty has uh, written over at, um, at a search engine journal, uh, recollecting on um, the day the Googleverse changed the Florida update. Um, and the funny thing is, this is just as relevant today as it was 20 years ago. And it's, um, it's, it's pretty stunning. Uh, six weeks before Christmas and all through the web, not a placement was stirring because they were all dead. 
dossiers oh. were hung in mass digital files, defining all websites, their friends and their wiles, and, a, and in a great blunder, an awful sort just got slewed, making mincemeat of merchants whose lives just got screwed. I, all alone, with ranked checks on my screen, could only see red where once I saw green, yet Google was out whistling loud with great cheer past corpse yards of websites that killed late in the year. Really good one. For those who yeah. don't know, Flor Florida was what, the first big Google update, and it annihilated sites, took them down like 90% or, or even more. And so Florida. people's businesses were killed right before Christmas, and they didn't know. They didn't like now we know to expect updates, but they didn't know there was such a thing as an update. So, so Google promised never to do that again right before the holidays. And yeah. On <laughs> Sunday, November the 16th, 2023, Google released a massive update that literally changed about 90% of the uh, of the top 20 websites in, the, in in its index. Yeah. Demoting, um, well, 90% of the websites that were in its index. Um, and that was on a Sunday. So you could see the forums start to light up. The I Help You forum, the Create a Site forum, the Webmaster, the early Webmaster World forum. You could see it light up on the Sunday, but we weren't at work. And <clears throat> this is like 2003. Um, most people had a high-speed internet, but you didn't necessarily have your massive tool set at home because things weren't in the clouds. You had to store things on your hard drive. So I had basic rank checkers and stuff on my home computer, but I didn't have my tool set that I had on my computer over at, at, at Stepforth where I worked at the time. And so I had to watch Carnage without being able to really do anything about it till the office opened the next day. And I think there was like dozens, if not hundreds of SEOs in North America, because it wasn't really a lot of us at the time, feeling the same thing. Um, it was crazy. And then you walked into work the next day and the phone was lit up. Um, people, this is back in the day when people actually phoned each other. They didn't, they didn't bother emailing, they phoned. <laughs> and yeah, I wasn't in SEO yet. So this was not, I was, I was just front end dev designer at the time. So I didn't know about all this then. This was the very first massive Google algorithm update. We knew what an algorithm was sort of, kind of, we thought we had no idea the power one had. And, um, I think it was Jim Boykin earlier, um, also, in the industry, he was quoted in the same article who said, this is what taught him that Google doesn't give you anything for free. There's nothing guaranteed. You have it one day, you don't the next. Because um, that's literally what happened. It was... Thanos. But the neat thing, Google actually gave us detailed documents on what it was trying to do. And the and the hard harshest thing is most of Florida was in fact a mistake that had to be fixed with another update called Brandy a few months later. Um, but in that time, just before Christmas, all these nascent e-commerce businesses. Remember, this is two thousand and three, the beginning yeah. of the web. Yeah. Um, they were wiped off the map suddenly. These early e-com businesses were suddenly gone. Um, setting, I think, an industry back a tremendous way because if they waited until January, people could have had their Christmas and their business could have been, maybe survived the change moving into March, April, May, whatever, right? But this was Christmas. Yeah. Anyway, it was... It was just, bad. It was hard, yeah. And they agreed not to do big updates at Christmas, but this year all plans are off. 
Gary told us a couple weeks ago because, or maybe a month ago, because my assumption is Project Gemini is still in the works, was supposed to have already, already rolled out. And so they pushed all the updates till so they were going to push them, you know, till the end of Project Gemini. And now, um, now they, they, they can't do that because Project Gemini is not releasing until the first quarter sometime. They don't even have a date right now. So I have a feeling that's why everything got pushed off while we're having so many updates all at the same time. The, um, this brings us, yeah, again to today, to uh, the announcements that started trickling out from Google yesterday and moving into today. Google is re, um, re-relating to how it relates to search and searchers. In some ways, it feels like it's trying to emulate a social media environment, or it's going to be emulating a social media environment. Um, which in so many ways we can see degenerating badly quickly. Yes. I've already thought of a half dozen ways that um, less scrupulous SEOs are going to try to exploit some features. Um, like, can you imagine figuring out how they how they do cohorts and exploiting the follow feature? I know there's a yeah, way. I, I just don't know how yet. Oh, we will. <laughs> we will know how. And that's a good thing about Black Hats. They do break things, and then they tell us how they broke it when they get hit by Google. So it, we'll get information. But, um, yeah, there's so much. Like, and it's just it feels like it feels like Google's is chasing. Like they tell us, don't chase algorithms. Like Google's chasing the I don't know how the right word for it, business environment. Yeah, no, not demographics. They're chasing the com- the people they have decided are competitors. So like, so which one do you want to start with? Because I can apply well, it to anything we're talking I- about. I think we can we can sort of sort this into two sort of algo updates. One called hidden gems. The other that I'm going to call hyper personalization. Mm-hmm. Um, hidden gems is Google's name. Hyper personalization is my name. Um, hidden gems we should we can start with because I think that 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 just sort of uncorks the genie on a whole bunch of um, yeah weird SEO arguments. Um, Google announced hidden gems uh, in the ranking system. It's going to be trolling or drawing up information from forms and it's like mean trolling my mistake ah. <laughs> i'm seeing trolling the depths of like a, of, a, of a harbor or something it's going to be going like deep into form posts social media blog posts um your, your facebook your linkedin uh your 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 the the fire hose we call Twixter. um and it's going to be drawing little snippets that relate to the search query and by the way, so to be clear, this is not part of helpful content, which it originally was supposed to be. It is the hidden gems ranking system all of its own. So it's not related to helpful content anymore. Um, so, but you know what I think of? This is what I think of. Um, this is not my post, but I'm just thinking of like some some poor person was on a forum like a year ago having bowel problems. And, you know, because they have IBS and they're talking about it. And all of a sudden... Tomorrow it shows up at the top of search with their name and picture if there's one available and their information from that forum about their bowel problems. And I just mm. think this is not going to go well for Google. Betty, let's yet, feel their pain. <laughs> like you go from like page 590 to the front page of the New York Times is kind of what that's like, right? And then the other thing is, because people do talk about a lot of sensitive things on open forums because they assume it's going to stay inside the forum, not that Google's going to surface it. But also, um, 
I don't want it in my search. Like, I'm so frustrated right now how bad search has gotten because Google hasn't been paying attention to search. But but with Reddit, like, they really read it wrong uh-huh. when they decided that everybody was putting Reddit after their search wanted Reddit to show up high, right? So it's like, no, people couldn't find things on Reddit, so they added Reddit. Like, when I can't find something on Twitter, I add Twitter. I want something in a social media site. I add the name of the social media site. Now what's happening is I have a search that has nothing to do with Reddit or anything Reddit can offer me any information on. And I'll get like eight Reddit results. Yeah, like, you know what? It- 15 minutes from now, I guarantee you Reddit's going to be charging $8 so you're verified and so that your account and your stream is open to search spiders. Maybe. They talked about, remember, they talked about getting I'd off. I that if I was that man in a minute. Minute, you'd be making millions. Like seriously, but, if but I was they them, said they I'd might get it. off Google. They might get off Google. Remember, we talked about that a couple about a month ago. We won't so. because because Google Google is putting the pressure on everybody right now in the biggest way. Um, Google I wants don't... everyone to conform to their Google first standards, and if you can't conform to them, then they're threatening you with being de-indexed. Yeah. Um, oh my God, you don't show up in the in the image viewport. You are de-indexed. Yeah, and Google's like, and Reddit's like, yeah, we don't care because <laughs> our users will come anyway. But the thing is about hidden gems is it, it this all feels like a social network, right? And I don't come to Google for a social network. I If I want to Reddit, well, piece, I will put Reddit on my query. You want to see a social network? Wait till you see Google Notes. <laughs> oh my goodness okay, okay. this what? is something by the way that's never going to happen they're playing with it it's never actually going to happen because that'll we degenerate don't know. into anarchy in minutes well first of all we did mention hyperpersonalization, so let's not skip over that real quick so hyperpersonalization is and i believe i have not got confirmation but I, i'm this should be how it works if you signed in and on your settings in google you say personalize my stuff you're going to get way more rabbit holes about what sites they're going to show you. Um, they're going to add more personalized search. I don't like that because I want to know about sites I haven't heard of because maybe they have something really good to say. So I have personalization turned off. So I, hopefully that still holds in this environment. It should. So in certain but, cases, and I, I'd love to see Google do this. If you would let me set up different search profiles for different um, reasons I might be using your search engine, in research mode, hyperpersonalization might be incredibly useful. You're going to draw me back to my references over and over and over and over again. In that context, that could be amazing. But in my nah, real life, no, no, but but in my real life, that I don't want to go where I've always gone before. I don't need to dig down those rabbit holes. Um, I need to discover new material because that's why I'm on a search engine. Otherwise, I just go do what I did last time. Right. Exactly. And I actually am an opposite for me for research. I want to. I want rabbit holes in my research. You know, I want to. I'm looking up like helpful content update and 20 people have written about it. I want to be 20 sites I've never seen before and voices I don't know, because sometimes those are the most interesting. There's so many things I've written about over the years where the information I referenced and wasn't an SEO anyone knew about or a blog anyone ever heard of, but it was the best piece out there. And I don't want hyper-focused filterization. Uh, that's that's social media stuff. I already get that in social media. I don't need well, it in a search engine. As you were saying, though, Google's going to give you the toggle on, toggle off option, right? Yeah, but I what a pain in the butt, right? Like, just I, I, if opting out of personalization keeps me out of it, which I'm already opted out of, that'll be fine. But if they start making me toggle in and out, I'm just going to be annoyed. Like, Google is not supposed to be social media. I'm supposed to go to the library, which Google is, digital library, and find what I want to find. And we know some of that filtering already exists, but at least it's mild. But now they're like, 
you know, we're going to give you hyper-personalization and hidden gems. That poor IBS person is not going to be in front and center. Yeah. And, and by the way, I want to, well, we only got a couple minutes left in the, in the, in, in the episode. I want to hit on this SEO myth and I want to just nail it and sort of whack-a-mole it down as quick as we can. Hidden gems will bring up an image of a user who made a post. It'll take that image from that post and it'll associate it with that post, that specific post as one sort of thing. Helpful gems and hyperpersonalization, neither of them are creating authors as entities. It's not taking the Jim wrote 10 social media posts. Each of them got pulled in as hidden gems. Those 10 are not stitched together as things that were authored by Jim. It doesn't, it's not going to work that way. You might find many incidents of Jim making the same post in a social media environment because social media is actually multiple replication of the same thing across many different feeds. And I saw this really weird thing. Um, we were doing some research yesterday for the show, and Christine made a post on on um, Gavin Klondike, as somebody we had on back in August on AI. And uh, what was it twenty different like LinkedIn oh references God. came up in the Google search? Yeah, like if I put in Webcology, I get every streaming network. But I put in Gavin Klondike Webcology, and I get like LinkedIn, Christine, LinkedIn, Christine. Because you were promoting Christine. the show. Yes, it's like it's not useful. What's useless? Webcology showing up on the streaming channels with Gavin Klondike, but, and so I can pick a streaming channel and post it. But no, but I got twenty. Importantly, <laughs> more importantly, in that process where we saw twenty incidents of Christine Schackinger wrote, Christine Schackinger wrote, in none of those instances was Google making Christine Schackinger the entity that wrote this. This is not showing up in her no. knowledge graph. It's not being attributed to her as Christine, the author. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't actually all uh, Danny was very clear on this uh, in uh, Brighton where he said, in general, we don't use authors and we don't use experts. You, uh, we don't tra- track any of that. We, we want to know you wrote with expertise and that's based on vector relationships and things like that. We don't need to get into it now. But basically, don't know if you were an expert, you would write it as such, yeah. basically. You, yeah, if all the other documents on, that are topically related to what you wrote about use very different ways of like entities in their writing and stuff, then you're probably not an expert. You're not writing with expertise. So it's not about the author or the expert. I'm sorry, writing with expertise. If you get a boost from an author or an expert, it's not because Google knows them. It's because it might be someone who's really well known or has written a lot or is famous and their entity graph is larger. And so you're relate more things relate to, you know, uh, user intent. But in this moment in the social media, Google, that's not even that they're not tracing any of that. All they're doing is doing content polls. They're just pulling out that this is the name of the person. This is what it was written about. Here's how many followers they had. They're not even doing entity anything. They're just, here's what we're, we're pulling out and displaying on the page. Just like if you did a content extraction, extraction in a, a search crawl. So a site crawl. So, um, so yeah, so it's none of that. And thank you for, we really need to clarify that because Danny wrote about it on Twitter today and yesterday. Last point I want to make on this is could they be setting up a system for the future Yes, mm-hmm. but there are better ways to do it. So this is kind of clunky, so probably not. No, I say absolutely not, because there's trillions of documents that all have authors. And then Google <laughs> would have to know who the author is and when did they change the name and what did they write for and what are the social media and how many social medias do they have that don't use that name and then they have to relate all those together. And there's a trillions of these and there's billions of 
profiles. Yeah, I'm why just saying, they, you know, why I'm, would they I'm, do that? It would be clunky as hell. They, they wouldn't. It'd be a very inefficient costly. way of doing it. Costly. It'd be way too costly. For what purpose? All they need to know is that the content is quality and there's expertise. They're never going to do verification of people. So, I mean, that not, was, not, 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 not this way anyway, not by hoovering right. and, and storing and repli hoovering, replicating, exactly. storing that, that takes too much resources. And one last thing on this, the big myth uh, usually originates from authorship from Google plus Google plus was an identity system for the NSTIC. You can look all this up and uh, authorship was part of your identity. Everyone had to have a Google plus login because it was to replace passwords around the world, Google was just one of the identity systems that were going to be used. Yeah, so authorship effort. died with Google Plus. Like it doesn't exist anymore. Well, the, well, hold it. That attempt at authorship and that way, Google's going to try. They will. They will try something again. They absolutely will. But it, it's not part of anything right now. To right, and is, I'm talking about that erroneous. authorship. That original authorship died with Google Plus. Yeah. Yeah, but to suggest they're not going to try it again, of course they are. They have to. It'd be absurd not to. No. Um, okay. Be... Speaking of absurd not to, you were in the room for this again, Danny at Brighton, um, not confirming. I don't know how he does this without his eyes blinking rapidly. Not <laughs> confirming that Google uses click data. It was just silly because Google says they use click data and rank brain because all rank brain is. We don't understand what you search for, the intent, so we're going to give you lots of things. And over a year or two, when you have lots of people clicking on things, we're going to decide what the intent is. So, But they don't use it in search ranking signals. It's not like, I click on my page, and now I've changed the core value of my ranking score, and blah, blah, blah. None of that happens. You may make a, a, a short-term change, because Google might think there's a trend going on. But it'll go away in 24 to 48 hours, generally speaking. So Google is only using it in the way they've always said, which is in the DOJ documents, which is the, the last user helps you find things better. And when you search for something, that data goes back in to refine searches again, along with millions of others of clicks and hovers and things like that. And then they refine the search results. So it's, it's a very big group aggregate click data. Not your specific clicks are going to change the the value and the sort order other than maybe a quick trend and then also it's not it's not going to your scoring of your documents it's just a general search result like google's like hey this search result's not matching so let's change it like my linkedin 20 times google might decide hey this was a bad result because lots of people clicked on the search result and they're not clicking on these linkedins so they might reduce it to one and then yeah, no, no no offense christine I, I didn't click on them either I didn't click on them either because they weren't helpful. And they're my own, they're my own posts, they're my own story. I just wanted to get Gavin's like show so I could give it to someone. And actually, I, I want to uh, walk one thing back. I was a little indelicate to Danny there. The, the the amount of stress and pressure when people are shooting questions about how Google works at you. Um, to be able to answer every question in the way that the SEO community would want you to answer the question, no matter who you are, would be really, 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 and, and, and apologies to Danny. I, I, I understand why you don't blink your eyes when they ask you questions like that. <laughs> he was in rapid fire mode for sure. Right? Undoubtedly. But the, but the, uh, the interaction signals are literally in the DOJ doc, so you can go look up those images and you can see exactly how they use it. Danny. I mean, um, Matt Cutt said years ago, before 2010, though I don't remember exactly when, that they used click data and signals as an aggregate grouping. So it's not new. It's not that, that anyone was lied to. It's just that people just jumped on that as soon as they heard click data because there was such a big controversy in the past. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. By the way, Danny, blink your eyes if they're being mean to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Last thing. We're, we're almost out of time. We're like, like minutes away. Um, 
if you're going to look for robot tests, robot text tests over at uh, Google Search Console, stop looking. It's not there anymore. You're not going to find it. No. Oh. Then what you will find if you go to settings just above crawl settings, you will now find a robot text reporter that can tell you a bunch of stuff about the robot text file, but it will not test it for you. Google wants you to go out and get your own testing done elsewhere. Um, but it'll tell you everything it thinks about the file. I, I would say if a lot of us request getting it back, maybe, maybe they'll do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, no, they won't. <laughs> no, maybe. Sometimes. Every now and then. Once in a thousand times they do. I urge like, you to write a 16-page complaint letter. <laughs> get off. Yeah. Because if anyone from Google's listening, because Daniel's usually very responsive and he didn't answer today why they removed it, but we'd actually need the tester that you have so we can like test when we write things, like and we change robots text that we can actually test if it's Google's interpreting it the way we think it is. I mean, I know robots text is supposedly the same protocol all over for everybody, but it's not, and we know that. So please, Google, this is my personal plea, bring back the the robot text tester. You know what? That or drop a few bucks to the GT metrics guys or to yeah. um, PageSpeed dev folks. Like, let them be your tester. Well, I'm happy using I'm happy using Lighthouse stuff. Go for it. But throw them a few bucks. Like, like, like. Um, yeah. if, if 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 Google doesn't want to support this as a resource base, I understand that. That's really expensive. But there's great tools out there that are already um, Google API'd. Um, just you know. Like, 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 give, let them do this job. Let them carry the load for you. Just help them out to do it. Yeah, if Evan knows. Google, not really, a lot. Did you read what they're willing to give Apple? Sorry, I didn't mean to jump in like that. But did you read what, what Google is willing to give Apple just to be their search engine of choice? I know it's in the billions. Right? Okay. So. Um, Was I wrong? It's in the billions. Billions is close. Um, to be in, to give, uh, uh, 33% of all ad revenue that's drawn from the, um, an ad that appears on an Apple product of any sort, one third, 33% of that revenue goes to, uh, goes to 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 Apple. Um I think I don't have the story up in front of me. I'm sorry and I can't I actually can't find it in our uh in our grid. Um but I think that amounts to about twenty three billion dollars over the last uh anyway. Ah that's a, that sounds like what I read too. So that's yeah, either way it's billions and billions of dollars. <laughs> so. Tremendous amount of money. That came out of the um anti the, the, the antitrust suit that's happening um on the on the hill right now. And it sort of shows how important um to Google investing in being everywhere is. Think of a combination of people getting tired of lackluster results or results that just aren't working for them anymore. Google being forced to change many of its, um, to be polite, anti-competitive ways. And the emergence of a credible third party such as Yahoo or Bing, if, 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 you know, if people start to get over the name Bing, um, 
and I can see, you know, Google actually actually sort of um, dancing its way into self-created trouble. Well, you know, um, Google, uh, I have from, talked to somebody this week who you knows people at Google, and uh, they say people at Google are actually really scared. OpenAI could literally destroy search which and, and make them irrelevant. And that is possible. Um, but there's also a lot of limitations to OpenAI, like taking trillions of like searches every day, like that would be very difficult for them. But um, but at the same time, chasing what all the other people are doing and stuffing it into search isn't really going to help them. I, I feel the same as you. I think that they, if you're going to target like SGE with uh, creative tools like images and things like that, make a new tab, just call it create. Have people sit there all day, refresh the ads every time they use the SGE and then have it import into all your products, right? That makes sense. Or, and then have a thing called perspectives. You want people's individual opinions, just focus on that and perspectives. But Google's violating exactly what they tell us not to do. They're taking everything with mixed intents and throwing it into one place, cluttering that up to the point where most things are just not even findable anymore. And then their search is actually deteriorating. It's become very poor. And the last week it's been horrendously awful. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, and then, and so instead of strategically thinking, like, how can we integrate this into that page? And maybe we'll use different tabs for different intents, which is what they would tell us to do. They're just dumping it all into search and search doesn't have that much room. Like search is they're just out of room and putting wow. the people that pay for your ads, uh, 1200 pixels down under an SGE result or, or all this other stuff is like, it's just not going to be good for them for people paying for ads. And my final thing is, uh, like notes. Notes, who needs notes? Like you're going to make notes about search results and then it's going to be publicly visible. And the, the notes, you got to look up the images, people. They look like they came from MySpace. And why do I need that? Like in what way is this helpful? And how is this not going to be weaponized to the nth degree within like six months, probably six days, really? Um, you know, so, so they just, they've lost their, I just think they've jumped the shark. Fonzie going over the shark with the water skis. I think. Hey, jumped. Google. Screw the God that Sam Altman is trying to make. What would Marissa Mayer do? That's the right? question I think they need to ask themselves. That's it. What is Google actually? What is Google? Like if Google wants to be a nope. social network, fine, make that separate, but leave search alone. Cause I still need to find stuff. Right. Okay. We're, we're, we're jumping out really quick, but there was, there was the um, incredible link analysis um, search tool that Larry and Sergey made. And then there was the elegant um, information repository that Marissa Mayer created from the search tool that Larry and Sergey made. Um, and the Google that I think many people understood up until recently was the Marissa Mayer universe, the sparse, um, fast, pared down, we're just giving you the answers you're looking for um, version where you had like, literally two buttons on the front page that's changed um and now it's you know becoming a utility knife again like a, like a swiss army knife um much like yahoo did before it got before it went down in flames so yeah we'll see what would marissa what would marissa do that's that's that that's that's what i'm actually thinking of even calling this episode yeah that's a, not a bad idea because because basically you know if it's top stories that's an ad, an ad that's great that's great ad right but notes who needs it um and surfacing people's what they said in a comment on a forum without me asking to see that forum or that social media site not helpful and and the basic search is really just really really bad i could 
we don't have time for me to go into some of the results I got this week, but they were just horrendously awful. Oh. And stop Must working on this my stuff. client sites because I'm getting the clicks. <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm just talking about my search as a user, not as an SEO. Just like I'm trying to hey. find something and I'm getting like a dozen random sites that say untitled. Well, like, no, again, I, again, I'm seeing I'm seeing craptastic search results in in different sectors. But again, you remember how in the olden days we used to say it was good when my clients are benefiting? Uh, it's the weirdest thing. Um, it's <laughs> honestly, I'm I'm loving these updates, even though I'm seeing how they're not necessarily great for the information sphere. Yeah, and we need information. Like, we don't need another social network. We need to be able to find information. And Google is the place to do it. And if, I know several people at the conference, pretty big names, so they're not even using Google right now except for work. Like they've moved on to other search engines because they can't find anything. So if someone's listening from Google again, we are not being critical because we're being critical. We're being critical because it's really bad. Wait, if you want to get okay. a bunch of SEOs to show you how, contact us. We'll let you know. Uh, this actually really has to be the very last thing. Um, the studio must be sure. freaking out at this point. Um Roger Monty put a piece in uh, yesterday's Search Engine Journal, so that would be the 15th of uh, November. Seven artificial intelligence-driven search engines as alternatives to Google. Um, they're not, they're going to give you generative AI responses, absolutely, but check them out. They're um, all interesting in their own right, and they're um, all, none of them are Google killers by any any means. But like you were just saying a moment ago, Christine, Google, go back to your go back to your grassroots because um, the pretenders are out there and there's lots of them. Yeah, and truthfully, like DuckDuckGo is probably my alternative right now. I think well, we at we, least we I can find something. Yeah, we definitely should. Okay. Uh, they're an interesting group. We have to jump. It's been uh, we've we've gone we've gone over our hour, but it was a uh, it was a hell of a week. Um, I want to thank Joe Mabel. I really wish we could have had him on uh, a lot longer today. We're going to have him back on again um, uh, sometime in the future. Um, but again, with the with the with the hours from Google, we had to. We just had to. Yeah. Uh, any last words, Christine? I don't know. I think uh, I think we got it all. Uh, I think I'm a little tired. <laughs> so <laughs> much. So so much this week. So much in 48 hours. But that's being an SEO, isn't it? No, SEOs are- learn change. Quick scheduling note, next Thursday uh, is American Thanksgiving. We will not be doing an episode, so we're going to have a two-week gap. That's cool, though. That means we're going to have a four-day weekend, uh, and we can go back to what every other North American tech does, which is gritting our teeth and getting ready to work through a four-day weekend somehow. So on behalf of Christine Jackinger from Sites Without Walls, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Be well, be safe, don't drink and drive, don't smoke and fly, don't um, don't be an idiot in public. <laughs> um, <laughs> be safe, be well, rank well. Watch what's happening at, uh, at Google. There's a hundred different ways that your businesses can um, take advantage of the changes. We're gonna f- we're gonna be thinking about them over the next couple of weeks. We're not going to be here next week. We will be back again uh, the week after. So no no show on the 23rd, but there will be a show on the 28th. In the meantime, stay safe, be good to each other, and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye, everybody. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.